Tell me about your first contact with Aunt Jerry. My first contact with Aunt Jerry was when my mother passed away unexpectedly in 2012, on Valentine's Day to be exact. And I received a, a phone call. It was a number I didn't know, and I, it went to voicemail. I listened to the call, the voicemail later, I mean, and I was confused because there was this woman who said, I'm your aunt, I'm your father's sister, I'm so sorry about your mom. In short, that's what it said. And I was very confused by this. My father had a sister who passed away. I was not aware of any other sisters, and I was thinking my father. I ended up calling her back because I was intrigued. Boy, I was feeling a lot of things during those first few weeks after mom passed. And she explained to me that uh, she had meant that she was my mother's father's sister, which I don't think I ever knew or even, again, one of those things maybe I was told when I was younger, never stuck with me because just it wasn't a part of my life, but that I had a great aunt. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know anything about Pat. I never met Pat. I just knew that he wasn't around. And so I never really thought about an extension of family. So intellectually, you knew that he probably had a family and that there was that there was some connections there. It just never was a part of your life. So you didn't think about what other connections there might be, like siblings. And- well, that's right. I never, I never thought about, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and goodness knows what else going <laughs> that might be out there. You know, I've been since my mother passed. Um, she really always only had, she never had much family. And I remember that about her strongly. My mother, Sharon, always wished she had a larger family. And that is intriguing to me now, as well as we're getting ready to, to meet Aunt Jerry and Uncle Rich for the first time. My mother likely did have quite a large family, just she never accessed them. listening to the Family Mysteries Podcast, uncovering long-lost stories and bringing them to life, featuring original music by Johnny Thomas. This is your host, Bryce Amber. I'm a writer and a blogger. Join me as I try to uncover the truth and the mysteries in our own families. Episode 2, Meet the Nolans. In this episode, Lauren connects with a new side of her family. Well, I'm getting ready to meet my great aunt and great uncle, as well as, I believe, a cousin. And I'm feeling nervous, excited. Oh my goodness, so many emotions. This is a side of the family that I really didn't know how deep it went. If I did know or was ever told, I don't recall. And so I don't, I don't recall ever meeting anyone from my mother's paternal side of the family. So this is a, I don't know, it's a, it's a pretty amazing thing to be doing at 42 years old is finally meeting these people who are part of my family for the first time. So you didn't know anything about this side of the family? No, I didn't. What did your mom tell you? I don't recall ever meeting my grandfather. 
and my mother didn't talk about him much. I do know that when he passed, she went to the funeral. I do remember her talking about him having remarried and having daughters. I just never knew anything. I know that he had tried to meet me when I was little, and I heard a story that my father put a halt to that because he didn't think that he'd been a very good father to my mother. So he didn't seem to think there was a reason for him to meet his granddaughter. We travel out to Utah to meet and interview her great aunt and great uncle. And today I'm Jerry. I'm not Geraldine. Geraldine's my other personality. <laughs> According to she has another personality. Yeah. <laughs> you only have Believe two. me, she has another personality. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see it. <laughs> Jerry Thomas reached out to Lauren five years ago. She is the younger sister of Patrick Nolan. Her husband, Rich Thomas, was one of Patrick Nolan's very good friends. Jerry and Rich were both at the party when Marcia disappeared. So now when you two, you were at this party in 1951. My understanding is that it was around New Year's, but it wasn't a New Year's Eve party. I think it was more like a Christmas Christmas party. party. You said at Roy Scott's house. Mm -hmm. One of the the four of you were great buddies, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we were all buddies. Yeah. 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 So, how many people were at the party? Like, was it a big party, or was it just yeah? It was. It was. It was a big party. It was at this party that Marcia received a mysterious phone call. It seemed to change her demeanor. She became agitated and wanted to go home. But he, he couldn't hear uh, what she was talking about, just like yes, no. And then all of a sudden she went and got Pat. She said, I want to go home. Brought in a conversation. He got mad at Pat about, like, uh, for no reason at all, because what she was for, it was something I did. And he kept saying, no, that was Dick. So Marcia is claiming that there was something that Rich did, but Rich has no idea what she is talking about. We didn't understand why she would get so upset. She wanted to go home now. So she gets a phone call at a friend's house, which that's weird, right? I mean, did that strike everybody as really weird? Sure, that's not unusual. Um, we all kind of done Marcia, mother would okay. know where she was at. Oh, okay. So it's not unusual for her to get a phone call. One of the great unanswered questions of this mystery is who was on the other end of the line for this phone call. Did he ask her? I don't know what he asked her. I don't know. We don't know if he asked her. He never did say. He never did say. They never did. Neither one of them. She would have talked to him. I would go home. Take me home now. So she was jitterbugging with you, got a (laughs) phone call, (laughs) had a short conversation, and then was... Different frame of mind when she got off the phone. Yeah. Yeah, all we had heard from her on the phone was, yeah, very undescriptive. Now, was my, was the baby at the party? Yeah. Yeah. The baby was at the party, okay. She took the little Patrick took her home. And the baby. Betty's house, and the baby. And she took the baby upstairs. Pat left, came back, so I'm going back to the party. He left, went back to the party. As soon as she got upstairs, Betty said she left right away. 
put the baby down and gets to sleep. And then went back down the stairs because he lived on the second floor. And nobody seen her since then. Don't know where. And Pat was already gone at that point. Pat mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. already gone. We figured somebody was there. Somebody was there to pick her up. Now, this is a version of events that is very different than the one that Lauren heard when she was growing up. In Rich's and Jerry's version, the baby was at the party. And when they left the party, they took the baby home. They went upstairs and they are saying that Pat left before Marsha left. And Marsha's mother, Betty, is the one who said that Marsha left the house right away. But it was after Pat had already left. Was Marsha meeting someone? Was there someone there to pick her up from the house? Did this have something to do with the phone call? So what makes you think that? What what's the I mean, was there something in the in what Marsha had indicated in the past that there no, might be there's somebody said, else maybe? Pat had said after that happened, Pat had said she had a lot of money in her hand. He when he dropped her off. You don't know where the money came from. Yeah. Pat thought she might be holding out from him because he was working time. He worked for her trailmobile. For what? Yeah. Ceremonial? Trailmobile. 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 Okay. They make trailers or semis. Okay. So w- at what point did she have money in her hand? Like, cause did he, he didn't see her come back out, right? Didn't see her come back out. He didn't. But uh, she had money, like physically he saw her with money in her hand? Yeah, he said she must be holding on to something. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. They suspect that she has a lot of money and Pat thinks that she's holding out on him. But was it that night that he saw the money or some well, other time? It wasn't that night. Prior to that, she was holding out for some reason. I think she had money when she left. Well, the Wilhelmies have money. Oh, bad. Yeah. Well, if she didn't have money, she could have got it. This is a good point. Marcia came from a well-off family. She could be getting money from her family. They had power. They had everything. Very secret. And they owned a pharmacy mm-hmm. in Newport. I mean, if you could talk to them today, you wouldn't get anything out of them at all. <laughs> well, Is that your recollection of Betty, too? You know, I, I said, well, and I just said to you earlier that I think that what's interesting is that Betty, well, I always thought it was interesting she never took in my mother. But I understood also that it was always explained to me in a way that um, Helen, you know, mm-hmm. mom's great aunt, Marsha's aunt, had never been married, hadn't had any children mm-hmm. of her own. She adored Marsha yeah. and she um, adored the baby. And so it was, it seemed to be a good fit. And I know my mother spent time with Betty, but I just, I never, I don't remember much about conversations with Betty. She liked to do things with um, uh, girls when they were older mm-hmm. and could conduct themselves, I think. <laughs> Because I remember even that my, my little brother, I don't think that she was always very kind to him. So She was that way. She was very standoffish, more private. Sure you know. was, yeah. When we went to uh, take the baby to um, the zoo, Cincinnati Zoo, and Pat and Rich and I and the baby was... This is Sharon. Sharon. Mm-hmm. She had to go get her, the baby. Before the Wilhelms, she didn't want the Wilhelms to know that Pat, that we were going to take her, Sharon, over there. Who uh, who had to, Helen had to get her? No. Betty? Betty. So Betty would let you see Sharon, but she didn't want the, she didn't want her parents to know. No, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 
she was she was she was kind of standoffish, like a, a person that's got a lot of money, you know. Don't worry about it. She was she she was a cool bird. I don't know. Growing up, Lauren had only ever heard one version of the story, and that was the Wilhelmies and Aaron's account of what happened. She had never heard the Nolan side of the story. And now, as we visited with her newly discovered family members, we were starting to see a different picture put together. So, so Pat looked all over. Oh man, did they? They the looked police, the police thought he did her in some barrier. And he was looking for her. He tried to bust Thompson, not bust and everything else. Walked up the banks of the Ohio River to see if he could detect my body or something. Yeah. At what point did he realize she was gone? Probably the next day. Now, when he went home, he went back to Betty's house or he went back to their house. Right? He probably went back to their oh, house. I don't know where he went. He probably went back to their house. Which would have been the apartment. And he probably went yeah. back to Betty's the next day or whatever. When Pat left the party and took Marsha home, between the time that like he went and came back, was that not very long? Come back. To the party. Oh, Pat? Yeah. So he, well, he didn't have time to kill her. <laughs> well, <laughs> he came I mean, right back. Well, the, the Newport police thought he had time to kill her. But no, he didn't have, she, he took her home like, you'd think if somebody take her home, come back, he came right back, yeah. And he didn't say anything about it, he just said that they, that they she talked her off, that was it, took her home. Just took her Betty took it for granted that Marsha, you know, when she left right after but the whole, that, was going back to the party. Was going back to the, the party. The whole point is what she wanted to go back is was ridiculous that she got in this argument with Pat and said, I want to go home, because she yeah. wanted to go home right now. And there was no... So, of course, at that time, we weren't thinking she's going to disappear. Mm, of course not. She's going to go home. I want to show you a few pictures of your niece, Sharon. Okay. I don't know if you've seen these. This is um, when she went to prom in 1968. So that was your mother, huh? Yeah. It's like Marsha and Pat's daughter. Yeah. That's where you get Probably. your look at, huh? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Did Pat ever get in contact with Sharon? I know she went to his... Did they ever let him get in contact with him? No, I remember hearing when she was little that she had a couple times where she'd go spend some time with Pat or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was always just maybe a couple of hours in the afternoon. I never met Pat. I never met, um, not that I know of. Why do you think that mom never had a relationship with any of the Nolans and Thomases? Because they, because she they was were, raised by uh, the Wilhelmies. Wilhelmies. They were, they, shot they, her, they, they, they were a clan. They kept her under protection. Yeah. Mom was raised mostly by Helen. Right. Um, she still had Betty in her life. Mm hmm. But as more of like a, she'd visit her now and then. Betty would take her to the sunlight pool mm. or she would take her to um, the movies or something like that. But I also know that since Betty was my 
was Helen's sister-in-law, that she would have probably had some of that influence of what they thought mm-hmm. of what happened. Because mm-hmm. I always, growing up, was under the impression that my that Marcia had never been found. That, but there was suspicion that Pat would had done it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I tell you, he looked all over for her. They really didn't look for her anyway. I don't think. I think it's kind of funny in a way that they don't. There was an article in the Cincinnati Inquirer about a month after the disappearance. And what I found interesting about that was there wasn't a quote from Betty. There was a quote from Helen. Helen was acting as if she was very distraught and, you know, we want to find her. We don't know what happened. I didn't get any any other indication that Betty was in the story. That was a month after. That was late January of uh, 1952. Mm-hmm. So Helen, at least, was looking for Marcia. Probably Helen would be looking for her independent. Well, and as far as the police go, I don't think the police could do anything. Jerry and Rich have three children. One of them, Johnny, lives in the area. Johnny is a musician and provides music for this podcast. Lauren had a conversation with him earlier in the day by phone. We thought he was going to be at the house when we visited with Jerry and Rich, but that was not going to be the case. Johnny told me that he held me when I was a baby. He did what? Held me. Now he said that you guys came back through Kentucky, he said maybe he was about 15 years old at the time, and you saw my mom. Do you remember that? And I was just a baby. And he said he- You can't go by us because of our age and our remembering isn't, you know. Do you remember- I don't think we had any contact with you, my dear, at all. As we discussed whether Johnny was correct in remembering holding Lauren as a baby, Rich and Jerry started sharing some stories about Johnny, and we learned why he was not present at this discussion. As a matter of fact, I That's why forbid he him to come ages. over here today. You forbid him? Mm-hmm. Yes, but That's you him. should meet him. He's, he's a card. He's something else. We did get a chance to meet Johnny later in the day, and we had a great discussion. Just another chance for Lauren to meet new family members, a cousin she never knew she had. Next time on the Family Mysteries Podcast. There was a guy there that said something to me. I don't even know what he said. He said something bad to me, and I was going to go up, turn around, come back and see what this guy said because it was something derogatory you know like he was yelling it yeah by the time I turned around I came back him and Pat beat the hell out of me (laughs) (laughs) we learn more about Patrick Nolan and his relationship with Marsha this has been episode two of the family mysteries podcast thank you for listening (laughs) 